Hello, everyone. Welcome to This Must Be the Place, the Building Science Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Henderson. Each episode is a deep conversation with a carefully chosen peer about not just houses, but place. Yeah, of course we talk about houses and retrofits, but we also want to change the industry for the better, forever. Energy poverty, community engagement, industry disruption, societal responsibility, and climate change. It's all here and so much more. Welcome back to This Must Be the Place, the Building Science Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Henderson. My guest today is Brad McLaughlin. We've been on the same net zero renovation working group in the past with CHBA, and he is the general manager at MCL Construction in New Brunswick, specializing in building custom homes and renovations. Welcome, Brad. It's nice to see you again in your truck. Thank you, Shauna. Yep, that's my office. Yeah, so where are you today? I'm in uh, Smithtown, New Brunswick. Uh, it's kind of out in the outskirts in the country, and I'm building a net zero uh, home for a couple. And uh, they bought 75 acres in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah, it's awesome. Wow, yeah. nice. Yeah. There you are in your truck and your beautiful blue shirt. And how did you? Where did you get into construction? How? What? What was the driver? For you to get into this world oh there's some history on this one uh so i i mean i grew up in the industry my my parents started this company mcl construction back in 78 and uh from i was born in 83 you know so i kind of started you know picking up nails and lumber around a job site when i was young and uh you know did a lot of various things around the, the organization um and then i did leave for a stint to go to university and then flight college and then my father asked me to come back and buy him out. So about 10 years ago, I came back and got back into the building. Um, back in probably 85-ish, uh, my father was one of the leaders in our 2000 around the area, mm-hmm. which is energy efficiency. So when I came back, I knew all about it. I built an R2000 home, and I said, you know what, to continue our directive and standards as an organization, I want to get more into the building science got into my net zero training, doing a lot of the courses, and then I built one of the first net zero homes labeled here right. in New Brunswick. So right. I had a so I really wanted, that stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I want to talk about that house because you were a real trail, trailblazer with that one. Yeah. And uh, and then it you know, we saw the CBC coverage of it sitting unsold for a few years. And Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah. You're probably wondering why. <laughs> well, no. I, ha- I have some ideas and thoughts around yeah. that, but I want to yeah, hear it. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about that. Well, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I did that to kind of show what our products are as an organization, what we can produce and how they work. And it was, an, you know, for, for me, I love education. I love teaching and, and letting people know about different things. So, you know, I knew right from the get though, there was probably a risk because you're competing against code built homes that are in the spec mm-hmm. market. So this wasn't a custom home. Um, but I really felt it was doing a couple of things. One, it was allowing me to show my directive as an organization where we're going to go. Um, Two, it's going to allow to show how we can build homes that are good for the environment and cost-effective mm-hmm. to live in. And uh, three, I just thought it was a really cool idea <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was definitely a, it was a large home, and it was definitely above what most spec homes were in the area. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
but uh, you know you can't you can't do a home like that. You know you can't show one of your your homes and kind of have it low end in some sense when it comes to finishes yeah, too. So, so you had to play both cards, right? And, yeah. Um, you so know, it's kind of, of like day, a, a demonstration slash presentation home for you. Or exactly, discovery yeah. home. I guess other builders are calling them discovery homes. Yeah, yeah, we could call yeah. it that for sure. Yeah, uh, had a lot of people through it, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I think the net zero round, like it's a little, we're a little behind the top, like we were a little too soon to get there. Yeah. Now on another note, you know, I'm on my fourth now, which is good, um, and uh, you know, because we don't we only build a few custom homes a year, but I think it's it's helped, and I learned the mistakes early, or not mistakes, but I learned. I learned the right path that we had to go to get these homes to net zero and maybe more efficient in the way we're going. So um, it was a lesson for me and it was a lesson for everyone else in education. So I think it was key. Yeah. There's, there's always going to be a learning curve when you, when you shift the, the the targets. Right. Exactly. Right. I was going to say goalposts, but we're not shifting goalposts. We're actually shifting targets. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's right. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of, uh, yeah. So that was kind of where, you know, you said what, what got me back into it, my interest, and, and you know, it's fun. I mean, we we staff probably ten different employees, and uh, you know, in our organization, and uh, and, and we kind of train them to have the mentality of energy efficiency is key, and why we do it, what the role of it of us as an organization as we go through what we're going through now uh, with climate change and things, and uh, you know, I mean, we don't know and you don't hear much about the residential house when it comes to greenhouse gas. If you if you hear most of the stuff, you hear, you know, commercial, industrial, but you know, residential housing is twenty five percent, give or take, of are. greenhouse gas emissions. So, you know, by by kind of missing that when all this is coming out, I think we've missed, you know, creating that awareness sooner. It's also easier to keep programs moving and when they're just disassociated or they're not they're not driven by energy reduction which is which can be driven by energy costs right right? when you when you hit carbon and greenhouse gas emissions and reducing those things there is an ongoing cost to those that that doesn't waver too much right we started you know several years ago oil in nova scotia and probably in in uh, in New Brunswick was crazy expensive and people were freaking out and they're like, I'm never going to be able to afford to, to you know, renovate this house and I can't do this and I can't do that. And, and so for a few years we had a really hefty, um, or it was, I'm going to go backwards on that. It was easier to sell energy efficiency because energy costs were so crazy and then they weren't. And people went, okay. So that, I'm fine. I can build, you know, we had, we've seen a lot of builders who have, have, have shifted from high performance R2000 slash energy star for houses yep, yep. and, and moved back to code compliant because that's easiest to do in the market, right? Was we're right. just pushing back to the, um, you know, what, what will the, what's, what's on the market and what people are willing to, to pay and what's the lowest dollar per square foot as opposed to, why are you building these houses and why are you building them this way? Exactly. No, it, yeah. it's, you're, that's, you, well, sorry, sorry the pun, but you hit the nail on the head, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. We're um, all about puns. Go for puns. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But, and your house, your, 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 your initial house that sold? The, 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 the show home we did. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, it, it was about a year and a half, roughly a year and eight months okay. after that, that, that it did sell. And, uh, I'm in contact with the homeowners and, uh, you know, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. 
Excellent. which is neat, right? Because, yeah. you know, you build on these on some assumptions, right, with, you know, the energy audit programs and so on and so forth. So, you know, it's nice to sit there and say, okay, how accurate were we? And, uh, yeah, it's it's it, it's exactly what it is, Yeah, yeah which is neat. That's great. So, That's yeah. great. And we actually spent a lot of time over the last uh, year on the working group for the, the Net Zero Renovation Program for CHBA. So how much of your world is in renovation? And how 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 yeah. far have you gone with renovations towards net zero? And yeah, so, so we do an off we do a, a lot of renos, um, and they're various because you know it's you know we're, we're in smaller areas and same with housing right we don't go put a thousand homes up a year we, you know you mm-hmm. got small companies you tend to get into different different areas of, of building so you know our renos could be a bathroom reno it could be a full home reno so. Um, you know, we've done, I just finished a whole home reno, uh, in Rosse, um, and, uh, you know, the home was built in 66. Um, so really tried to put as much as we could in to try to get it to, you know, that standard that we worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, I found in a home that was kind of that age, you kind of get into a little bit of, it's a little, it's a lot harder, right? right. And I think you would probably agree with that. You know, I think per, if you took a, an R2000 home that was built maybe in 86, for example, you could probably get there a little easier. Right. In my sense, because it's already, you know, it was already at that 84, 85, 83-ish on the on the scale. Now to get the new R2000, you only got to get up, you know, a few you more points. So few, maybe a few windows. Points, yeah, so. You know, I mean, maybe yeah. some new windows, some extra insulation, heat pump, hot water tank, drain water heat recovery, you know, some of those ideas. So you can get in there maybe a little quicker and easier. So, you know, it comes down to budget, I think, at the end of the day and, yeah. and how, how far you can stretch it. Uh, but we definitely did quite well. The, the audit was done um, through uh, MB Power has a rebate program. It's, it's a little, it's not as in-depth as you'd get like an actual, like a Lauren Lipka energy audit mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know, more uh, more in-depth. But uh, it definitely, definitely went up. Um, okay. Because it's an MB Power program, they don't really do it based on, the actual CHBR 2000 or whatever, it's just based on the Energuide label. So we're just mm-hmm. waiting to get it. So, but yeah, uh, but yeah, no, you try to put the concepts in, even like a, even like a, uh, let's just say a kitchen renovation, for example, it has an outside wall and you got to tear the drywall off. Well, let's increase the, you know, let's make sure the, 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 the wall is, you know, to, to the current code or better. Like, you know what I mean? And, right. and let's make sure it's airtight on that. Cause that little reno, you're not going to do that again for a while, but you might go into the next room and do another reno. So let's, mm-hmm. let's try to make these, some of these wall assemblies get more efficient as we renovate these homes. Let's just not, not make it status quo. And that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you're not going to be able to do, to do a whole house in every, in every situation. And, and that, you know, the, the good news is that a house that was, you know, R2000, early 80s, you can do some, you can bump that up and actually get it closer to a net zero, net zero ready piece. But there's not as many of those houses as those older ones, right? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's kind of, uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, New Brunswick built a lot of R2000 homes back in the past, but, uh, you know, it kind of changed when Efficiency MB jumped in and, and, you know, everything went down a couple points. So, you know, we're still we're dealing with a lot of different stock and more older stock, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like you just said. So, um, I believe in it 100%. Uh, and and I, you know, I think even if we tried, if we did renos and and we just try to get to, to have efficiency in mind instead of 
you know, finish work's important, but efficiency is important too because you got to get your return back in your rentals. And, mm-hmm. and even by doing a little bit to help that cost of living and doing your part to reduce some greenhouse gas, I think it just carries forward as we go through. Yeah, uh, and the reality you know, is that for for a whole whack of people, that's really that's the extent we can do we can we can make personal change, right? That's that's the extent to which we can actually take action to to reduce greenhouse gas or climate change. There's not a exactly. lot other we can do, you know, maybe an electric bike. But that's not going to help you out in the field there with your. You. No, no, not really. But but no, I mean I know exactly you know what we're trying to get to. And um, so I have some. I'm I'm working going to be working on some uh, on a project with natural resources in the next few months that I'm super excited about because it feeds into a bunch of stuff that we talked about with the with the Net Zero Renovation Working Group and. Um, and all sorts of other um, areas, but it's about looking at um, optimizing exterior renovation packages um, and basically creating, looking at archetypes, because while we are not in the same boat as, say, the Netherlands, where we have cookie cutter, you know, and, and cookie cutter houses that are, are built and, and owned in a, in a very different way than we have in, in Canada, but we do have archetypes. We have more of them, right? We've probably got a good dozen archetypes. So, mm. but we, and we know we can say, so in, you know, in the, in the years between 1920 and 1970, we know how many houses were built and we know the types of houses that were built. And there wasn't that much variation on the theme for a huge number of those houses. Right. Right. So you can think of like a standard issue, bungalow or you know rancher 26 by 36 so we know good. that and we know that it's got roughly this much square footage of 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 window space on it typically not you know it's not going to be something that we can just pump out factory built panels but we can certainly create packages where we actually can can get a grasp of what the cost would be Right. Do that. So that's I'm very excited about doing this. This oh, really work is yeah. is looking at. So we know we have these types, and not every house is going to be ready for an external retrofit. But the external retrofit is the best way to get a house pushed up fast, right? In terms of improving the building envelope. So if we can look at creating a package that would work on a type of house, and then going to folks who already work on the outside of houses, like siding installers, right? and say, hey, here's a value add. You need to you know, team up with an energy advisor and team up with, with Brad because he knows all the other pieces that need to go in there. Now you've got a really strong package, right? Because your siding folks are on board and they've got the scaffolding. They've got people who go up and down scaffolding all the time. And all they're doing is going around one more time to put the installation up on the outside. Right. So that's what I'm going to be working on between now and the end of March. And I'm very excited about it. No, that's, and you're, you, you hit it. Like, you know, it's, it, it is the easiest way to, to up the efficiency of a home is some yeah. exterior, some type of, like you yeah. say, you're, you know, you're doing a standardized system or something of that sort, but you know, something can be, that can be packaged together. Yeah. I mean, it makes, yeah. makes yeah, whether sense. It, whether it's a panel system or whether it's, here's what you need to do. Here's all your details for this type of house, um, you know, and, and then say there's a, you know, another 
super typical house is a, um, a split entry with a cantilever in front. Yep. Okay, so now you need to have a very specific detail that's going to work on that, that exposed floor system. Exactly. And the rest of it is the same as the bungalow, pretty much. You know, yep. I mean, it's, that's a very simplified way of, of actually looking at it. But if, but we need to do something. And then if you look at the, um, like the premium to put insulation underneath new siding, like you're doing the siding anyway, that's the capital cost you've got to deal with, right? Right. Yeah. If you have to replace it, you have to replace it. But the premium of putting the, the insulation under runs between five and 20% depending on, on the, the material you use. Right. And it's, it's five and 20% of, on top of the siding, it's not five twenty yeah. percent on top of a brand new belt. Like you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It's it's. I, I think sometimes when we, like, you're, I'm pretty good at you know when I when, like ICF for some, for example for me mm-hmm. like it, people are like oh it's it's twenty percent more and it's like mm, it's not but even twenty percent on the cost of your ICF might be twenty so it's four grand more to right. be super more efficient like it's it's small numbers but some I find like some people hear twenty percent they're like oh. Right, but it's it's not. Yeah. It's just, and that's that's a part of well, and, the builder and, or the siding guy to be able to say, well, no, like twenty percent is, you know, it's not that bad based on what you could save per yeah. month. Yeah, I mean, if so you're talking so about it, yeah. So, I mean, if you're if you are talking about, say, it costs you twenty thousand dollars for your, you know, that's the the I don't know is that is, is that a reasonable assumption for a, a, a small house twenty thousand dollars to reside it? That's probably a little high. Now, if you okay. Have insulation okay, but, yeah, so let's let's no, say, so let's, let's say 20, fifteen and twenty. Let's say between yeah. fifteen and twenty. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. So okay. let's say you know fifteen percent of that. I don't have my calculator. I yeah, don't know what yeah. that is. Well, um, so three. So fifteen and twenty is about three grand more. Let's say. Okay? Yeah. So for three thousand dollars, you can potentially reduce your energy consumption by thirty fifty percent. If you do a really yeah. good job on the air ceiling yep. and you have, you know, two and a half, three inches on the exterior, like you save that in a year. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Or it's maybe, maybe it's two heating seasons, but you're never going to take the siding off and do something else in your lifetime. Right. That's right. So now so, it paid off after the two. It's just every year after that. It's just a mixture yeah. of whatever. Three grand in your pocket. Yeah, which want. means that then, you know, two, two, three years down the road, you'd have, if you, if you took that money, then you would have that money to buy a cold climate heat pump or go yeah. on a trip. <laughs> That's what some so. people want. I would, yeah. I would put it towards, yeah. Yeah. Know. I mean, I mean that, that's, that's a whole other piece, people. right? Yeah, when we get, you know, the, the I always say the granite countertop thing, right? So some people yeah. are like, oh, I want a granite countertop. I'm like, well, it's going to be like 13 grand to do it in this sense. How about I tell you what? Let's take that 13 grand. Put a little extra insulation under your slab. Maybe do this or that, okay? And then four years, you can buy your granite countertop. Yeah. Because you're yeah. not going to go back and rip your slab up and put insulation underneath it. Yeah. Right. And yeah, uh, and that and the same idea. But those yeah, those permanent aspects of the house, whether whether you have to replace them once every generation or you know, like those permanent pieces, that's where where your your investment in those pays off in the in, in not even right. in the long term but often in the short term and then same with don't put carpet on your mortgage yes <laughs> no that's true there's a lot of things like that and, and, and you know like you and i can sit here because we've we've done the work and we've trained in this and we understand it and we build these things or, or assist or, or mentor people into it 
but there's a limited number of you and I's out there. Mm-hmm. We know, I mean, we know a lot, but it's, I think that's where we, we miss a little bit of because like New Brunswick, for example, is still building to the 2010 building code. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so 90% of the builders here are building to the, to the 2010 building code and have never even taken a contractor course, maybe, or let alone energy efficiency course. So unless the people that are building and selling products of some sort aren't educated enough to make sure we do it like we're doing right now, well, maybe you should do this because it'll do this. It's not going to continue. It's, we're not going to really get there yeah. really quick. Um, yeah. So that's why, you know, I think it's important. I liked what BC did. They did the contractor, you know, you have to be licensed and then you have to have training. Yeah. And then you I have to know. continue that's training. Right. You have right. to you have to you have to prove that you are conti- you've got continuing yeah. education or professional development. And and like my favorite analogy for this, and I've said it before on the podcast, but I'll say it, you know, many times again, is if you are cutting hair as a professional, if you take money for cutting people's hair, you can't do that unless you have a license. You have to get training to get your license and then you can't keep your license unless you do professional development right. continuously. And every year That's you have for to cutting your hair. License. Yeah, I know. Like yeah. what happens and if you if you do a crappy haircut? Like it takes a few weeks to grow out or you know bad color. Well you can get it changed. We're talking about houses. Yes. We're talking about houses we have no I mean the building code is basic is absolute fundamental basic fire and safety and now there's energy conservation measures in it. But you know, yeah. congratulations. If you build the code, you are just legal. Yeah. You're not going right? to jail. You're not going to jail. That's great, but you know and it's it's so hard because we have such a um you know, there's there's these federal jurisdictions and then, then the provincial jurisdiction and housing comes under provinces, so now we have all of the there's there's no way we can have a blanket policy across the country right. based on how things are structured. And moving people in this industry, I mean, this is like, you know, it's it's really, really hard. And um, and really, the only things that have worked are, well, in Nova Scotia and, and, and New Brunswick are hard at are, uh, <laughs> you know, was a really <laughs> um the things that have moved Nova Scotia and, and 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 New Brunswick any further down the playing field have been the uptake of things like R2000, where you have a small market and you have a small number of people who are really dedicated and they get really competitive and then they want to see that happen. And then all of a sudden, you know, we had, um, you know, the, the, the bulk of, of new construction in Nova Scotia. There was a, there was a significant amount of that was R2000 and that right. was shaking out to people who weren't R2000 builders. And then Nova Scotia as a province actually engaged in energy conservation measures, put them into the into the provincial building code before they existed in the in the national code because they saw the benefits to homeowners and to builders of putting it, you know, of having that information in and making it so that it was a more um, a more regulated piece as opposed to, oh, we built it just like an R2000 house. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it means it's it probably it may not be like well, yeah, you have a I label, mean, but yeah, unless, I mean, yeah, right, as, you can't say it's something. Like, no, I just it looks. I put a Dodge label on the front of the a Toyota truck. It's definitely a Dodge now. Well, no, yeah. it's not. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a truck, so that's that's a good. Okay, well, you win that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so when we when we look at at different kinds of 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 opportunities to improve it, it's it like there's you know maybe the carrots are rebates and incentive programs, but the stick is going to be the code. Right. Right? I agree. I mean, just that's how it it has been and how it always will be. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna take the ones that believe in it, and know it works to to move what they do forward. But if 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 you only have to do the minimum, the majority well, of people are gonna do the minimum. And and we do that because humans are really efficient, right? If yeah. I can figure out how to do something so that I don't have to put out as much effort, I'm definitely gonna do that yeah. because that's just how how it's just like it's programmed into us it's in the dna right Right. it's like every other living creature on earth if there's some way of doing something where you don't have to put out effort you're not going to put out effort so we're we're not that different (laughs) but that's right uh, uh, but you know the the contortions that we go through to make inefficient housing is pretty impressive (laughs) on the other hand No, exactly right, and and it's and it's you know it, it's it's simple things, but unless you you know sat there and were to take a couple building science courses to realize like air tightness is air tightness is a very simple thing to help reduce mm-hmm. your your power usage in a home. Yeah. You know why are we why are we saying that you do something we're assuming three air changes per hour? Well, I know energy evaluators, brand new homes are getting ten air changes, but because you had poly and acoustic caulking, oh, you're going to hit three air changes. Well, can you imagine heating a cool in a room 10 times an hour? No wonder you're going to buy a brand new house and spend mm-hmm. 700 bucks a month where you should really only be spending 152 maybe in a yeah. 2,000 square foot home. Like, And it's just because of lack of knowledge mm-hmm. and yeah. of, so, of bu- building as a system. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your, your most favored way of creating an air barrier well, depends on the, the home so uh, a lot of okay my, so so new construction okay, what's your so if new, you had an ideal what's it what's it going to be well so all my new constructions i see after the rafters but okay. uh, i still i still use tyvek exterior tyvek as my uh, as well as weather and and air seal it properly for air barrier uh, and then around my windows, you know, I, I still make sure on the inside I, with ICF, I still make sure that there's a, a sealed system around my wood concrete wood box and my ICF walls mm-hmm. because concrete shrinks a bit and you could have a little flow there. OK, right. so, you know, it's a little air, easier for me to get really airtight homes with with mm-hmm. that system. Now, let's move to a wood frame top floor. That's usually my standard would be like a two by six with an R22 bat with an inch and a half styrofoam on the outside. Okay. I use my inch and a half styrofoam as an insulator, but I still put a commercial tie back on the outside as my air barrier, and I still have my big barrier on the inside. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so, so there's you, just different tweaks that I yep. kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. And and when you're looking at uh, a whole house renovation, what what would be your air sealing choice? Like the one so you, just, I do, you just worked on? Yeah. So, so the one I just did, uh, it was so Nick 1966. So some of the home had two by four walls and had a couple additions put on two that were two by six. So on the two mm-hmm. by four wall, actually I put an R12 bat in it and then I did a one inch styrofoam on the inside code board, one inch code board on the outside, which was allowed me to get, uh, and basically an R22 and got rid of my thermal loss through my Great. studs. Yeah. And then I did a, did a, did a tie back on the outside as well. 
and, and proper sealing around vents and everything and windows and it. And then I, and I vape buried the inside and, and, uh, it like the air changes, I think were like four, 4.9. I think I'm down to like 1.2 or something like that. Sweet. Right. So, you know, and, and you know, there was a lot of I mean, the basement, the rims. So I couldn't get into some of the rims in the basement that were done because mm-hmm. they were hidden and there was a floor system built over an old garage. So there was a lot of difficult areas that you couldn't quite get into, but I was able to do some air sealing on the outside. And, you know, to go down that much on a 4,000 square foot home that's built in 66, that's and, you know, I was pretty, pretty happy. Impressive. With it. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. that's more than, more than half. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. great. So, so yeah, I guess, uh, it all comes down to the scenario you're in, the wall assembly you have to work with currently, and what you can do to create proper, prevent less risk of penetrations in the wall uh, via mm-hmm. weather penetrations, right? Because, you know, you could have different different walls overlapping, or you might have had a brick on the house at the start, so also you can get a brick ledge, so how do you properly flash yeah. all these areas? So, you know, there's a lot of dynamics when it comes to renos, and it's, uh, you just got to kind of sit there and say, okay, what makes sense? And what am I trying to achieve to make this the most efficient I can without issues? Right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, because those unintended consequences of doing a, a, a great job but missing out on one important thing like a thermal bypass between your old garage and your new floor. Right. <laughs> those have that, the consequences of that are massive or could be exactly. massive. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah. so um, I love these kind of discussions. This is great. Yeah, I love them <laughs> Right too. into the Fun. weeds. Yeah. Dive on in. I like them. So I have another question for you. How do we get net zero ready housing by 2030 and then full net zero by 2050? How long do we have? <laughs> 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 All right. I'll, I'll try to slim this down. Clearly, this is my opinion. Uh, but uh, so net zero ready by 2030, eight years from now. Uh, we need to do a, quite a few things. One, we need the appraisers to get educated enough to provide the extra value in a home to increase the efficiency of it through renovations or new home. Mm-hmm. So that's one group that we have to work with. Banks. We need the banks to realize that when these homes are built or renovated, they actually have less risk to the bank because people can make mm-hmm. their payments when they have to. They don't have high power bills. The houses are going to last longer. There's less, less maintenance. So that's the banks. The homeowners, the homeowners have to understand and should ask the questions to the builders they want to build their houses. Was this home built to a standard? Was there an energy audit done to this home? Those little basic questions that can, they can say, wow, okay, this house has something. The builder has done education, things like that. Okay. So I think that carries forward. And then finally, uh, in my opinion, it comes back to the builder and education and getting them certified license however it is just so that we know that the builders are educated enough to build homes that are proper net zero ready homes and they're going to and operate like a net zero ready home so that's a, a lot of stuff that in my mind that has to be done within eight years to get all new homes net zero ready i think yeah. you would agree just on I would, and, the, and there's the four <laughs> and maybe i'm maybe i'm missing some someone in there but they are they're all involved some sense to mm-hmm. allow a home to get there we need people to go with a plan, to go to the bank, and the bank needs to find an appraiser that understands. And I'll yeah. give a prime example, and I'm just going to use fictitious numbers, but I built a house not too long ago, and it was a custom build, and the client needed a mortgage. Took the exact same plan, went to the bank, it was going to be, it was a net zero home, and they got appraised at 200 grand, let's say, for a number. 
Well, the home was going to be about four. Went to another appraisal company, another bank, and it came in at four. And I sat there and I said, how is that possible when we have professionals in the industry that one person can appraise something at four and one can appraise at two? And if you're not educated enough to go to another bank to look for another appraisal and a mortgage, what is going on? Because we lost that person now said, I can't afford this type of home, which I want to live in because it's efficient, it costs living less, it's good for the environment, and boom, they're stuck back down to maybe a code bill home, maybe they squeeze down an extra 250 who knows, but mm-hmm. they've been pushed out of the market. And I'm not, and I know, you know, these are big numbers, but it, it was, just, it, it's not like there was that much of a difference. There was a 50, you know, there was almost 100% difference in the appraisal value of these, this, this home that I went through, and I was like, this makes no sense. Right. So, so where's the consistency? And right. why are so that, we getting that, there? That all pushes, you know, points back to um, educating all these different silos in the industry, right? That's my big, another big thing that I talk, I talk about quite a lot is that we are, we are in essence a, a whole series of silos of craft guilds, right? right? And and so so even even like the realtors and the appraisers. Um, Builders, subtrades, generals, mechanical folks—they all live in their own small piece of the of of the house, of, of the, not of the house, but of the the process. And so, you know, as we push forward, it's going to be things like integrated design approach or process that help to bring everybody into the room right at the beginning. Um, but also, one of the big things I think is that as you know, when we're going out there, or when we're going, when our clients are going out there, is that to have what's called a total cost of building ownership analysis, which says it's not, it's a, it's a little bit different than return on investment, mm-hmm. but it basically says, so over the period of the, of, we're going to build this thing and this thing is going to stand for, you know, probably more than 50 years, but we'll go to 50 years as, as our time frame, and, and look at what it costs if you were to build it as a standard building now and you have to replace equipment and you have to do, you know, some capital maintenance, new new siding, new windows, whatever is going to happen, new roof is going to happen over yep. a period of time. And your energy costs, and what does that look like over 50 years? And then take that same house and build it to a net zero standard or or some other high performance standard and say, okay, so what does that look like? So for an additional, what, like, Hundred to to fifty to a hundred thousand dollars on the mortgage, you're actually going to be saving over the lifespan of that house way more than that. And I'm just, you know, I have some numbers that I've crunched on this for several different projects. Oh, so, yeah. you know, it's it's there, and we actually have to find these different metrics that work. And then, you know, like you said earlier, the the risk to the bank is way lower if you can say, hey, you know, the 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 only cost that these these homeowners have to come up with is the mortgage because they don't have an, a, a, an energy bill. Right. Now we've created something where if it's 30% of their income, it's actually for their shelter as opposed to 30% for their shelter. And then, and then more for their energy in terms of how much they're spending from their, their, their annual income. And it's also way easier for the bank if they have to sell that house because somebody has defaulted, God forbid, they have to. It's way easier to sell because 
there's no energy costs associated right. with it, right? It, it's easier for the homeowner to sell in the, you know, in five years because the code's going to be up to whatever. It's going to be net zero, you know. Yeah. So if you are not building net zero or demanding net zero now, if you go to sell in five years so you could build your new net zero house by, you know, if it's under the code, it's going to be hard. Yeah, it's no, going to be I, really hard, right? It is. Yeah, I don't agree. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm not picking, I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on people at all. And, and, you know, but I, but I think I kind of picked on the four people I said in some sense, not really picking on, but I, you know, I kind of called us all out in some sense. And you're right. We, we all have to work together and understand it and explain it. And, and everyone has to be on the same track of mind. And, you know, the banks now are saying, well, we're not going to finance these, you know, big, uh, you know, emissions organizations. And when they want funding or things like that, I'm like, well, how about we fund the, the little guy? Like the mm-hmm. house that needs to be mm-hmm. net zero ready. Let, let's let's allow them to get a few more dollars to get to where they're at, knowing their power bills are going to be zero or whatever, like you were mentioning. And 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 you know, to to if if your power bill, let's say, let's say take the prescript the prescriptive home that they're going to build, and let's say the power bill is five hundred dollars a month, but you could build the performance home and there's no power bill, for mm-hmm. example. Um, to get to the performance home. It's only going to cost you an extra $120 a month in yep. your mortgage. Well, geez, I think we're pretty far ahead here. 380 yep. bucks more a month. I'm saying like simple math in my opinion, but yep. who knows? I'm, I'm just, just the guy that puts well, the things was, together, but it's, it's really know. hard to, to break out of because I think especially with lenders, because lenders have, they have formulas that have been developed, right? And, and they don't necessarily have evidence that would allow them to change the formula other than what you and I say. Very true. No, right? no, no, no. So I, it's, I, it's a hard thing. And, 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 you know, I definitely, I, I spend a lot of time going curses. Why won't this work? <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, no, was, it's, it's true. And I, but we got to get to a point, like if we want this to happen, these are the small simplistic, I call them simplistic because I sit here and you and I maybe sit here and go, this is what we have to do. And, I guess when you're in in this industry and you actually do these things and see how things perform and operate and things like that, it does look pretty easy. Mm-hmm. I think, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, we need I, w- I would agree with you. And but uh, yeah, so we have definitely need to work together, and we need to, you know, I think we're, you know, you've got you're on your fourth house now. You've you you're and we have we're basically moving into like the third generation of net zero housing now because the first generation was crazy expensive. Um, right, and uh, um, and had all the bells and whistles on it, and now we're actually getting to this place where we're actually figuring out more about it. Second generation, third generation, maybe we're even into the fourth generation of simplifying the whole process and understanding that you don't need to have as many um, different, you know, variations on a mechanical system. Right. I was talking to Bob Deeks the other uh, uh, episode or two or seven ago i can't remember and he said you know we're actually putting in a lot of houses because um they're in uh, he works in whistler and uh, sea to sky corridor and part of that is in zone four climate zone four he he actually is just simply putting baseboard heaters into portions of 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 the net that he works with because he only has to deal with like six weeks of of full-on heating requirements in a building Right. Like that's, you know, every time we basically improve the building envelope, we're just basically shifting a little that house a little further south. Right. 
right? So, I mean, it's, 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 it's like putting plants in a greenhouse. They think that they're in, you know, Maryland. They don't think they're in Nova Scotia anymore. No, well, that's a great point. Yeah, no, that's right. And, and and we are like we are getting and building envelopes to the point like, you know, like you know, we used to hear a lot about geothermal here, right? Like mm-hmm. Geothermal, like they're super efficient. They are, but I think we can get homes like thirty five hundred square feet and under. The wall assemblies to the efficiency that we don't need to spend fifty, sixty, seventy grand on a heating that, and cooling system, okay? Because yeah. we're because because we 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 put it somewhere else. Yeah. And uh, it's the same example of your heat pump and the baseboard heaters on some homes. Would it work around here? You probably could. I'm sure there would be some. You'd have to do some math, but Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I I think the comfort level is more with with a heat pump in some sense, especially how we are. We walk into a – I mean, what do we want in the summertime? We walk – want air conditioning, right? Yeah. You know, we we still get into that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's there's something valid to be said about having, um, you know, a ducted system so you can provide heating, cooling and ventilation and dehumidification all through one right. system. Right. As opposed to, well, my heat comes from baseboards, but I still had to put in ductwork for my ventilation and I have this cooling system. You know, I think there's a lot of things that, you know, there's different approaches and. And there may be some really excellent simplifications we can make in different places. But we're learning those things, right? We're, we're seeing right. where people are putting in different kinds of, of, of systems in, and, and we actually have those numbers now because the houses are in, in the real world. They're not, they're not in hot 2000 anymore. That's right. Yeah, right? exactly. Or whatever modeling system you want to take. But, yeah, I think there's, there's – uh, I'm very excited about moving forward and how do we, how do we disrupt what – what the whole industry is doing. And, and, you know, and I mean, you know, your margins, builders' margins aren't astronomical. They're not, it's not, you have to be really well, builders, careful I mean, when you're moving. You, know, you, you tend to have, I mean, there's a lot more. You're, 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 as a builder, you deal with a lot of people and a lot of trades and rely on pricing and budgets a lot differently. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's the margin of the, 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 you know, the general, even if you're a home general, you, you know, you want to build your own house and you're like, I got 300 grand and then all of a sudden, you know, like the electrical is more than it was supposed to than you reported mm-hmm. because whatever, you know, the, the electrician's not going to chew that or, or whatever, right? There's, so yeah. there's a lot of different variables when it comes to building a home, especially yeah. a, so it's a, a pretty, it's a pretty, yeah. So those are pretty mm-hmm. risky undertakings and you, you know, bridge financing or whatever you need to do if you're doing spec houses. There's a lot of, there's a lot of risk taking there. So it's understandable that the industry as a whole is very, uh, wary of, well, if I have to change what I'm doing, I don't know how that's going to affect my bottom line. Like it's right. like completely understandable that that is 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 one of the biggest blocks that we have. Yes. The good news is that we understand building science enough that here here's a recipe. Use it. Yes. No. 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 Right. No. There's yeah. something there, and. Uh... You know, yeah, it's not like going to buy a chocolate bar at the Irving. Irving knows they're going to make every chocolate bar they sell. They're going to make X dollars. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a little mm-hmm. different, but uh, but definitely a lot of dynamics in this industry that we deal with. But I think by being part of something that you can communicate with people, learn from others, educate, all that stuff. To me, that's just the value of it, right? You know, which is yeah. kind of big. Well, and here we are, and that's you know again. One of the reasons why I got this this podcast is there are so many people doing such good work out there in the field. 
in any small way that I can, if I can get your story out there and people know, oh, okay. So there's a builder in, in New Brunswick who's doing net zero houses. There's, you know, and we're talking about renovations and we're talking about a lot of things. And maybe this is a way we can, we can sort of roll, roll a little bit further down, up, up down the hill. I don't know where we're going with this, but we're going to go. <laughs> I think we're going to go up somewhere to a good point. And I think uh, like what you're doing is fantastic and, and, and it makes sense and people are going to hear it and people are going to start asking builders what they're doing and what they're, and, and, and you know, it's not even just the builder. It could be the siding guy, for example, right? Because yep. it doesn't necessarily got to call me to do siding on a house, but it could go, so have you done any efficiency training? I want to switch my house. How can I? Because they can be part of it, like you said, they can be part of it. Plumbers can be part of it. Plumbers can start, well, you know, you want a new hot water tank? How about you get a, if you do a heat pump hot water tank, you seem like you have a lot of loads or you got a drain, you're open, how you put a drain drain water Mm -hmm. heat recovery. They're a part of it. Electricians are part of it. Like there's so many people in the industry that have, can all play a role somewhere in to get us to where we want to be. And yeah, and I think that I think it's really on on I don't know whose shoulders it is being able to identify for the subtrades and for the for the specialty contractors like plumbers and, and electricians where's the value add for you right where's the value add for you as a plumber um, you know does it t- it moves you out of the herd of plumbers and I know that plumbers and and mechanical systems folks are like every other contractor in North America pretty much. Under crazy demand, in in crazy right. demand, right? So, right. so it's not it's it's. I don't think I have heard of anybody crying about not having enough business. Oh, that's true. Uh, but I think for myself, or you, or Bobby Deeks, or whoever, if we're using certain people to do some of our stuff, for example, and we they come and do our homes or whatever, we're like, hey, look, we want this, and this is why, right? And they sit there and go, oh, I didn't know. So they go. They mm-hmm. and I know I know mine does. We'll go to if they, you know because they're they're open. To anyone go to the next house and be like, well, you know, we were just doing a house and we just found out that this could help you with this and you know it'll save you a little bit of money this because it's more efficient. So I guess I took my role and said, why don't you use these in other jobs you do? I don't care if they're not my jobs, but it mm. all helps. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it makes them thinking and get there. But maybe that all gets passed down as we you know as we keep. Well, we've training and leading, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I feel like we really have to, to to continue to have all sorts of conversations with people all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. yeah. You know, right. And more involvement and stuff. So, yeah. Anyway, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, I have one last question for you. Okay. It's more of a statement, but it's a question and you can answer it. I want to know about flying planes. You want to know? How did you get? How did you get into that? Because it seems I know you said you said at the very beginning you said you went away for flight school and then you came back and then you got back into construction. Yeah. So uh, I guess I flew when I was a young age, um, just traveling with my parents. They were always dad always was the home national home builders and we travel all over and stuff like that. And I just loved planes. It was just really cool. Something that that big and just go through the air. Uh, anyway, so I just really got, really loved it. Always wanted to do it. Uh, when I was 16, I went to England with a friend. Uh, we went to the British Airways training facility. I jumped in a 737-200. There was similar training and I landed a 737. And I was like, yeah, this is really what I want to do. So uh, when I went to university, the university role was to get a degree and, you know, kind of push you. Hopefully, you know, you have something there, something to fall back on maybe or whatever. 
Um, so I did a business degree and then I went right to flight school. And then, then I did my flight training, got my instructor license, and then I instructed for six years commercial. I got probably 40 of my students are in the airlines right now. Uh, I had some kids, four kids, and uh, it was more of a career change, to, you know, to move to where the airlines, I was away. It, just, right. it was a career path change, and, uh, you know, I still keep my medical, and uh, I got to get up by middle of March to, to stay current, and I'll just go to Moncton and probably rental a plane and go, go in the air, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's relaxing up there. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So Maybe. that was kind of my passion behind it. And, uh, I miss it, but, uh, I like what I do now. I do. It's something different every day. It's enjoying. Yeah. Beautiful. So, right on. And, uh, That's yeah, great. yeah. So it's fun. And my little, my kids work with me a little bit, which is neat. I have my 12 year old. So it's the third, the third generation. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. I had all four for about three days with me at one job site just to hang out and, and see what it's like. And it was just a different, uh, perception for them, right? To see like, yeah. I don't just come home. We actually work and do stuff. And, and, and so, so it was neat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Take, your kid, take your kid to work here. Sweet. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Pick up those yeah. things. Yeah. That's what I did. Cool. So, yeah. All right. Well, great, thank you so. so much for your time oh, today, Brad. No it's been really great and kept you out of the rain in your truck. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrible yeah. kind of view that I. Oh, yeah. Uh, for those, oh. uh, for, for our listeners, he actually turned his, his camera around on his phone and it showed me this beautiful view out Just over the, valley, a river. Uh, the, yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. a skunky day out there, but it's very beautiful on your spot oh, yeah. there. Yeah. So, anyway, no, I appreciate uh, you calling me up and I really enjoyed this and uh, it was fun. Yeah. Good. Well, no, we'll so. see you again soon. Definitely. And that's our episode for today. So, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. This episode was produced by Blue House Energy, Podcast Atlantic, and Tanya Media. Subscribe and don't miss an episode. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.